It's officially summertime. You know, this is the hottest time of the year. This is the time where the days are the longest. This is the time where the TV viewing starts to drop. The summer job starts to begin. Summer school starts. The cookouts and the barbecues kick off. The picnics take place. The hikes and the outdoor sports begin, amen. You know, I, I was a little curious of the summer. And, and I Googled, you know, what are some words that we use, especially in the summer? And, and, and words like air conditioning came on up right there. Allergies, right? Like the pollen, amen, right? Backyard, outdoors. Barbecue. Then I thought to myself, you know, what what words should describe our summer? Oh, what, what words should describe our summer? And and, and 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 words like AC came up again, right? <laughs> right? Backyard, right? Outdoors, being active, happy, growing, youthful, eat an ice cream cone, right? Exercise. Too much fun in the sun, right? Walking on sunshine, right? Thrilling and grilling and too hot to handle. You know, I'm pretty excited for the summer, amen. I, I hope you're excited as well, you know. I, I'm pretty fired up. Then, then I thought to myself, hey, what, what words should not describe our summer, right? right? What words shouldn't describe, right? Then, this sunburn showed up, right? Uh, oppressive, right? How about this lazy? Idle. Or you just don't want to describe the summer. I mean, I, I Googled it, amen. Don't blame me, right? Don't, don't blame me. But we don't have, want to have a summer scramble. We want to have a summer surge, amen. The title of Jesse and I's lesson today is Summer Surge. You know, Jesse and I are, are very honored to preach the word. We're, we're very grateful for, for Joel and Courtney's leadership and allowing us to oversee the campus ministries and to be able to celebrate and have great times with all of you guys. I mean, we really are family here, amen. You know, uh, in Ezekiel, we're going to go to the Old Testament today. We're going to go to the Old Testament. And in Ezekiel, he's an Old Testament prophet. And I know the ICCM students are fired up to be reading the book of Ezekiel. Yeah, right. and, and Ezekiel, his name literally means God will strengthen. And, and Ezekiel was born into a family of priests in Jerusalem in 623 B.C. His father's name was literally Buzi. And, not Bougie, amen. Now, now, God sends Ezekiel to come forth to, com- to confront God's sinful people of his day, which were the Israelites. In the book of Ezekiel, God uses the word, then they will know that I am the Lord 70 times. Wow. In the book of Ezekiel, God uses the word sovereign over 216 times. In the book of Ezekiel alone, this book is, is literally made for, for all mankind, for all time to understand that God is in complete control no matter the circumstances. Right. Come on, and, and right here in Ezekiel chapter 2, 
we're going to begin with the call of Ezekiel. So in Ezekiel chapter 2, in verse 1, the Bible says, He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking. He said, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whenever they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid. The briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or terrified by them. Though they are rebellious house, you must speak my words to them. Whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. And it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it, double-sided, were written words of lament and mourning and woe. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, baby. This is intense. Ezekiel is here, and, and God calls Ezekiel to stand on up. And we can imagine he was probably laying down. Amen. And, and, and chapter 1, verse 28 actually confirmed confirm this, that he, he literally fell face down in awe of the Lord. And God speaks to him, and God's spirit literally enters Ezekiel and raises Ezekiel to his feet. It, so it's kind of like imagine like, I don't know if you've ever watched wrestling, but like the Undertaker just kind of like sitting up right there and, and, and just raising you to your feet. But, but Ezekiel didn't decide to stand up. God stood him up. Come on. And, and, and when God gives Ezekiel this call, he gives him the call to preach to these rebellious people. And what God confirms through Ezekiel, he says three times, do not be afraid. Then he tells them one time, do not rebel, just like this rebellious house. In other words, God is calling Ezekiel to not conform to the patterns of the world around him. And and God warns him. He says, listen, you must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. This was God's warning for the Israelites. But the question can be, What's the warning for us? What should we do? We should no longer conform to the worldliness that's around us, brothers and sisters. We shouldn't imitate the nasty garbage that we see over the summers. We shouldn't imitate what the world is doing and having a summer scramble. Right, come on. No, 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 no. We're going to have a summer surge, amen? Amen. Now, the question is, though, what can ruin your summer surge? What can ruin? Well, I got five things. Number one, spending too much time with bad influences can can hurt you spiritually. 
too much time. Sadly, that can be some of our worldly friends. That could be our non-disciple family members. That can be anyone that's not a disciple. True. Spending too much time with the world can corrupt your character. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be misled, brothers and sisters. Bad company corrupts good character. Amen? You know, God is... It's interesting, though, because God's calling us to fight for our families. And, and, and sometimes fighting for our families is to no longer encourage their sinful nature when you're around your families, but to be a light of the world when you're with your family. This isn't to, to fall into the trap of like, oh, I guess I'm not going to share my faith with mom. No, 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 no. Souls matter more than goals matter. You, you got to love your mom. Amen. You got to love your families. You got to love your friends, but don't indulge in the worldly summer slack off that they do but inverge in di- indulge in the summer surge amen yeah, number two you gotta you gotta prioritize spending time with the disciples prioritize spending time with the disciples you know when you're with them sometimes you gotta share your faith just to get encouragement from those that are around you what's encouraging though is is before Ezekiel was to go into preach this message, he had to have a little quiet time. God, God tells Ezekiel to eat this scroll. Hmm. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? <laughs> he says, eat this scroll. And what's interesting is, what words could have been on this scroll, right? Well, at the end of verse 10, it says, words of lament, mourning. And whoa, what could that mean? Laments, warning, and whoa. It's interesting because when he opens this scroll and he, he sees these three, these three elements of, of God's writings, which we can infer was the words of God. And for time, I don't have time to go into what those three words could infer, but we can imagine it's, it's just depicting the disgusting world that God had allowed to happen under his leadership, through man and, and the wickedness of the rebelliousness of God's people. And this was a message, a warning of lamenting, of crying for what was going to happen for God's judgments. Very much like the world we have in today. Very much like the world we live in today, right? right. The world is disgusting. Yeah. The world is very rebellious. And yet God calls Ezekiel to open the scroll. No, 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 no. It's interesting. God opened the scroll for Ezekiel. Did you guys catch that? In verse 10, God unrolls the scroll for Ezekiel. See, see, Ezekiel didn't have a quiet time with God. God had a quiet time with Ezekiel. And, and, And what's incredible is when he has this quiet time, he comes to an understanding that the people are lost. And God's calling me to preach this message of hope to them. Point number one is simple. Eat God's barbecue. Oh, nice. Eat God's barbecue. Chapter three. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it. 
and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Oh my gosh. You know, God has a cookout prepared for you, and it's called the kingdom of God. And, and, and it's amazing. But before you can enjoy the cookout, you got to enjoy God's presence and you got to have a quiet time. Right. Come on. God forbid you show up to the kingdom of God events and, and, and you didn't have some time with the Lord. Amen. You, you have some time with the Lord. So you're going to be spiritual. Right. So we can get close to the Lord. You know, when he ate this scroll, it tasted as sweet as honey in his mouth. And it reminded me of a little story when I was a kid. You know, my mom used to cook and, and when I was with her, and then my dad would cook when I was with him. And, and when I would spend time with my mom, you know, a lot of times um, she would cook food that was really good, but other times she would cook food that wasn't so good. And, and, and I, I'm very picky, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stinking picky, and some people would say that to this day, right? And, and one time... You know, when I was living with my dad, he, he would make pasta, and there's this dish called mastacholi. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. That's how we always said it, uh, uh, mastacholi. And, and he would cook it, and it would, it would always just look so weird, because it was like reddish, like orange, and like just, it just looked gross. And he would make it, like, I kid you not, like two or, two or three times every, every two weeks. So, so he would make it on a regular basis, and every time he would make it, he would just, like, eat it and just look at me. And I would say, Dad, I, I, I don't eat that. I, I don't eat that. And he's like, son, you never even tried it. I, I don't eat that. I don't want it, Dad. And he's like, son, I mean, this is what I'm cooking. You got to eat it. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not eating. And I would be stubborn, and I would literally eat a bowl of cereal for dinner. <laughs> and my dad wouldn't give in. He's like, I'm not cooking anything else. And, and eventually, I, I was so realizing that my dad's never going to stop cooking this meal. And, and I finally gave in, and I said, all right, Dad, I'll try it. And, and when I tried it, it became my favorite dish. I loved it. It was so good. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. It was awesome. And, and, and I learned a lesson. You know, some, sometimes we can be picky about the right things, and sometimes we can be picky about the wrong things. You know, you know to this day, I'm still pretty picky, amen. But I tell you what, give me the Bible, and I will eat, eat, eat it up. It doesn't matter what chapter it is. It doesn't matter what verse. I, I love the Bible. But, but, but some of us should, shouldn't be picky about the Bible. Nobody should be picky about the Bible. Don't be picky about what you read in the word of God. Be picky about who you allow to teach you the word of God. Be picky about what the world is feeding you, not what God's feeding you. Be picky about the worldly food that's offered you on a daily basis, on a silver platter on the TV, on a silver platter by your friends, on a silver platter when you're driving down the street or you're on the bus. Be picky about what you allow to enter your soul. Amen. We want to have soul food, not worldly food. You know, I remember being a young Christian in Boston and a young Christian in Chicago and a young Christian in San Diego. (laughs) And and, and as a young Christian, I had to learn some things the hard way. I had to learn some things the easy way. And, And a lot of us here are young Christians and we've never tasted what it's like to be a disciple in the summer. And, and, and I've got the five worldly foods to avoid in the summertime. Oh, nice. 
Number one, laziness. Laziness. Don't fall into the trap of a summer vacation that becomes a spiritual vacation where you sleep until 2 p.m. Sleep until noon. Two o'clock, three o'clock comes by and you still haven't had your quiet time. People are going to the beach, so I'm just going to go to the beach. Didn't even spend time with the Lord. Don't fall into laziness. Number two, conformity. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Romans 12, you better matter. You better. You better matter, amen. Amen. You better transform. (laughs) Number three, orgies. Group sin. Turn over to Galatians chapter five. In Galatians chapter five, Paul writes this letter to the church in Galatia. And while he writes this letter to the church, I mean, these are literally disciples. And he writes in verse 19, he says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, this wasn't the first time, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a letter to a church. To disciples. And he's telling you, listen, I warned you before, and I'm warning you again, that if you live this way, you will not be in heaven. There is no once saved, always saved. Mm. That a once repented sinner can fall back into sin and become an unrepented sinner. And that we all need to walk in the light. And we all need to understand exactly what each one of these sins are so we can cut it out so we can be devout. Right, come on, Danny. Group sin will take you out. Summertime, you're hanging out with your friends that you used to hang out with in the world. They're smoking weed, they're partying, they're drinking, and you're like, oh, I'm not doing it. Orgy is any group sin. When you're around people that are in sin, aka if you're in a car and there's marijuana or or drugs in the car, who all gets arrested? Everybody gets arrested. God's the same way. God's the same way. When you're involved in sinful situations, you're just as guilty as the sinners. And orgies will take you out, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't. The Bible says, live this way. And some naysayers would say, you know, like, "Uh, I don't live this way. It's just just this one time. Hmm. It's just this one time. I mean, I'm just, it's not wrong one time to be immoral, right? Just one time. One time smoking weed, right? I don't live this way. That's what the Bible says. This is, if you live this way, well, my question for you, naysayers, is how many times does it take to make something a habit? All it takes is one. Sometimes three. But usually all it takes is one. And then you're on this downward spiral. And it becomes more and more and more and more. Don't compromise and say it's one time, brothers and sisters. Yeah, good point. Don't, don't let that one time happen this summer. Amen? Amen. Come on. Number four, missing church events. It will, it will become a summer scramble for you. In Hebrews 10, verse 25, the Bible says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another as we see the day approaching. That day is Jesus' return. He's saying encourage one another because if you miss these events, 
more than likely, you're not going to stay faithful because you're weaker with the less fellowship you receive. It's just a fact. I, I may lead the campus ministry with Jesse, but I tell you much, I get probably more fellowship than you do. Why? Because I need it. <laughs> and if you think you're stronger than, than any of us, you, you are deceived, my friend. There is no strongest or weakest Christian. That's a myth. That's a lie. You're either stronger or weaker. We're all in the boat. And we can all have weaker moments, and we can all have stronger moments. Yeah. You guys with me here? Yeah. We all got to learn these, these principles and apply it to our lives so we don't have a summer scramble, but a summer surge. Number five, skipping quiet times. Hmm. Romans 14 verse 23 says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. So we, we got to have quiet times. Why? Because in Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message. The more you have quiet times, the more you be faithful in what you do, and the more you will live a godly life and not be in sin. Amen? Yeah, come on. So brothers and sisters, let's not be in laziness. Let's not conform. Let's not have orgies and group sins. Let's not miss church events, and let's not skip our quiet times and spend time with the Lord. Amen? You know, I've seen disciples go home to their families and not come back. They come back different. You see them on campus and their eyes are like this. I went to a school of about 2,000 people. And Brian Carr and I led the ministry of my school. We evangelized the whole school. So everybody knew who we were. And, and there were some that would just literally walk around like, when they would see us. It's like, oh, those are the Bible guys. Those are the guys that love God. And they would just look at us weird. And Brian and I were, 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 were filled with those three words of, of lament and mourning and sadness. Then we realized, amen, we preach the word. What else can I do but preach it all the more? Because they had an opportunity. And the most encouraging thing you can do is give someone a shot at loving Jesus. Amen? Yeah. That's all you can do. Brothers and sisters, if you're a young Christian, here's some practicals. If you're a young Christian... This is your first summer as a disciple. This is exciting. Yeah. Now your, your, your convictions get tested, amen? amen? This is a time where people dress less and sin more. But not us. Not us. Why? Because we're going to have the most encouraging, the most inspiring, the longest, the deepest, the most creative, quiet times we've had all year. As a young Christian, dive into the Word of God and allow the Word of God to move your hearts. Have deep, quiet times. But not just the young Christians. The mature Christians, I'm talking to you too. Everybody's got to have deep, quiet times. Everybody needs to spend more time with the Lord as you have more time in your days. Amen? Also, sometimes you're stronger and sometimes you're weaker. And it's important to get fellowship all the time so you become more consistent the more fellowship you get the more spiritual high so to speak you'll be and you'll be able to be more faithful more encouraged to go through your days let's not go more than five days without fellowship everybody spend spend days with the disciples i encourage you if you're a young christian spend the night over the people who baptized you Get to know the stronger disciples so you can learn their habits to implement in your daily walk with God. That's awesome. And, and mature disciples, invest in the weaker ones. Invest in the younger ones. 
the ones that are more susceptible because this is their first summer. This is something that you can teach them. Hey, I wouldn't do that. You can be a big brother. You can be a watchman. Amen. Amen. We all need each other to get to heaven. Amen. Yeah. What's very true is every disciple. This is I've seen it as a fact. It's it's just I've seen it. The weaker disciples don't live in households with disciples. It's just how it is. Almost every time. The weaker disciples are the ones that don't live with other disciples. Why? Because you don't get time where you also sin against each other, but get reconciled with each other. Yeah. Where you get deep in connections and fellowship around the clock. Yeah. Where you're just involved in relationships with people that will help you spiritually. It's just a fact. So the desire to live without a family of disciples in your household is to desire a harder road to heaven. So I'm going to encourage you. Spend as much time with the disciples this summer. Move in if you can. Do it for your walk with God. Amen. Yeah, come on. I remember yesterday I was sitting at home writing this lesson. And, and, and out of the blue comes someone just scrambling in. And I turn around and it's Tyrese. <laughs> Tyrese carried all his stuff with Spencer. And Tyrese has moved into the brother's household. Amen. So proud of you, bro. I'm excited. It's going to be an awesome summer. Last afternoon, I got word that, that our dear sister Tylesha is now moved into the sister's household. Amen. It's about to get pretty lit. Pretty lit it's right there. Awesome. It's going to be pretty lit, right? You know, honestly, as we close here, my best advice is for the young Christians to move in with disciples as soon as possible. As soon as possible for your own salvation. Because you're going to struggle and you're not going to have people there to help you through it. You're going to be on your own. And when you're in those situations, you, you want to, your faith and your convictions are always going to be tested. And you got to really fight for your relationship with God. You know, I hope everyone has a summer plan. A summer plan that you've got advice through, that you're unified on, and you're ready to grow spiritually. Where you eat the word before you eat breakfast. Where you pray on your knees before you play in the sands. Where you beg God so that you would understand. So you can eat outside, grab ice cream, have group quiet times, have weekday dates. Have a lot of water to drink, amen, so you don't get spiritually dehydrated, right? So you can stargaze. So you can go camping. So you can go to the beach, go horseback riding. But whatever you do this summer, we do it with others, amen? So let's have a jump in June. Let's have a hot harvest. And let's have an August harvest. To God be all the glory.